edition of the Replacement Level Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Phillips, and today I'm going to be joined by the writer for the Milwaukee Brewers, Jack Stern. Uh, Rafal is not going to be able to make it tonight. He has a uh, conflict, so I'm going to do sort of solo, uh, but you know, I got Jack here with me, so we'll be in good shape here. We'll definitely be still talking about baseball. Uh, Brewers are coming off a very big and important win over the Cincinnati Reds today, so good news there. But uh, first, Jack, how have you been? I've been all right. We're we're in the heat of baseball season, so that's always a good thing. We got some big games for the Brewers that they've played over the last couple of weeks. A lot of games against the Reds, against a division rival, and they've they've done a nice job taking care of business in those games. So it's been a good time. Yeah, yeah. And how crazy! The last time you were on here, uh, we were talking about Brewers, and we we're kind of talking a little bit more about the Pirates and them being in first place, and not really talking about the Reds. And here we are, months later. The Pirates are in last place, and now the Cincinnati Reds are competing with your Brewers for the division title. I mean, that is by far the craziest division in baseball this year and kind of like one of the craziest turnarounds I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, it's and I think it really speaks to just kind of the importance of why you play 162 games a year. There's a lot that can change in, in a couple months, and in the case of the Pirates, they kind of tapered off a little bit. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Reds called up a lot of this young talent that they've had in their minor league system, and that's really kind of invigorated this team, and now it's really looking like a two-horse race in the NL Central for first place. So it's been it's been fun to watch these two teams go back and forth lately. Yeah, yeah, and this is, I know, like I said at the beginning, this is a huge series here. I don't think the winner of the series is going to, you know, be like the ultimate winner of the division, but it certainly, you know, will go a long way in helping decide who the division winner is. But, uh, you know, just kind of talking about um, the Brewers and obviously the trade deadline here is coming up in just a few days away, August, um, yeah, August 1st. Are we, or should we, are you, you know, really expecting any kind of big trade for the Milwaukee Brewers? Like, you know, I don't think we're going to see Corbin Burns dealt away. Uh, I know you and I have kind of talked about that. But, I mean, are they going to add, you know, a pitcher, another bat? Like, what do you think kind of their best goal and best route and who are some players that might be in line or make sense? Yeah, so I think they're definitely going to be in the market for bats this year. I think that. A lot of fans have kind of been wanting them to upgrade the offense a little more for several years now, but when you look at what they've done this year offensively compared to past seasons, it's just not even in the same realm of the production that they put up when they were contending the past couple years. So they really do need to add some bats to that lineup. I think that's going to be the top priority, and they're going to be in the market for quite a few guys. I know that there are a couple of guys out there who could kind of fit into that first base dh right field kind of rotation those are positions where the brewers need some help so you could think like guys from the rockies uh, cj crone at first base randall right. grichik as an outfield option uh, even someone like teoscar hernandez for seattle if they decide that they're gonna maybe sell off some pieces uh, a lot of it's going to come down again to kind of what certain teams on the bubble of this trade deadline decide to do whether guys decide to buy or they decide to sell uh, there's a couple different teams that could really go either way at this point but those are a couple guys who just right now look like pretty good fits for this team guys who are more like rental players they can provide a little bit of pop at positions where the brewers just haven't gotten much at all offensively all season they're probably going to be in the market for some relievers again they are at pretty much every deadline Every team could always use more help in their bullpen when you're trying to make a deep playoff run. Just having as many arms down there as you possibly can is always going to be really helpful. So I think those are two areas where we're really going to see the Brewers try to make a move. I'm not expecting any major trades. I know you talked about 
Corbin Burns bringing him up again. Uh, he was told by general manager Matt Arnold that he's not going to get traded. The Brewers don't really plan on subtracting any major pieces from this year's team. If you were to ask me what is most likely to happen, I think what's probably going to happen is they're going to come away with probably one bat at the trade deadline who they can slot into kind of a power position and maybe a reliever or two. That, that's really what I'm expecting at this point. Okay. And I know, I think I saw a report that Brandon Woodruff is supposed to be returning here soon. So, I mean, if you look at that, him, he's been out for almost the entire season. But if you if you slide him back into the rotation, that's kind of the equivalent of going out and trading for another big arm. That's just going to add more frontline starting power for the rotation. So, yeah, it does make a lot of sense for them to go and add some more bullpen guys and, um, you know, obviously add another bat. But are there any, I know Sal Frout, Frelick just got his call up, uh, and he's kind of done pretty good. You know, it's a couple of games. He's only, what, three? This is like third game now up, I think it is. Yeah, he's been up for about four or five games so far. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's handled himself well in there. Like, are there going to be any other notable call ups for the Brewers? So I think it is going to tie in a little bit to what they're able to bring in or what how many guys are going to be able to bring in at the trade deadline. I think that if you ask a lot of people, in this Brewers organization, in the front office, on the management side, they're not very happy with the production that they've gotten out of this lineup so far. And I think that in one way or another, they are going to shake up this lineup pretty significantly by the time the trade deadline is finished. And it's really going to be a matter of, is it going to be through a couple trades? Are they going to be able to add more than one bat that really shakes up that lineup? If they don't, then you probably are going to see them dipping into their minor league system a little bit. Uh, Freelick was probably the first domino to fall in terms of just finding ways to add a little more production to this lineup. He really wasn't having a great season in AAA Nashville, but he got on a nice run the last week that he was in Nashville before that promotion, and it really just seemed like the Brewers are so desperate for offense right now that they were going to make a move as soon as Freelick really started to show any signs of productivity in AAA, and he's and again, the the fact that he's performed not up to his standards this year in the minors is not a knock on him at all because he is still one of the best minor league bats in all of baseball, really. Uh, his hit tool is one of the best in the minor leagues, so that's something that the Brewers really needed in their lineup, and now he's up here. Hopefully he, hopefully he can help them out in that regard. He certainly has so far through the first few games of his career. Uh, but just some other guys in the minor leagues. They got Keston Hira down there who's – Having a nice season in AAA again was outrighted off the roster in spring training. He could be a guy who they possibly decide to call up after the deadline. They've got a couple interesting prospects down there too still. they got Jackson Churio in AA who really didn't seem like a realistic option to make the big leagues this year, but he's really gone on a tear in the month of July in AA. Uh, really looks like he's starting to adjust to that level of competition, so it's not completely out of the question at this point that we could see him down the stretch. Tyler Black is another guy who's really lit up AAA pitching this year. He's an infielder, plays a lot of third base, a little bit of second too. Could even see him play some first at some point down the line. He could be another guy who maybe if the cards break right and if the Brewers just can't add enough externally, they could call him up down the stretch just to provide a little boost for this offense. So they do have some guys in that system who could potentially, in the right scenario, make an impact down the stretch. It's really just going to depend on what they're able to add to this club externally via trade. And I think that that's really going to determine where they go from here. But one way or another, I do think that this is a lineup that is going to look much different in the second half than it did before the trade deadline. Yeah, for sure. 
You you did mention Keston Hayura there. Uh, if he does get the call, because I know he's been up, he's been down. He really had a great rookie call up, and he hasn't been anywhere close to that level of production, you know, since then. But if he does get the call up again, I, I kind of noticed on, on one of your tweets you you mentioned how if he's called up, it's almost like it's the last plan that the the Brewers have if they can't make any moves at the deadline to acquire some outside help. But it, you know, if Hayura does come up. How's that going to impact the infield? Because I know he was initially a second baseman. They've shifted him to first, and so he can kind of play a little first and second. But you've got um, Bryce Terrain that can play second there. You've got uh, Andrew, I'm probably going to butcher his last name, Monasterio. Um, <laughs> you got also, it. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Um, going to also place the middle infield too. I mean, and then you've got Adames over at short. So you kind of have a lot of guys that kind of all play in a very similar position, similar area. So, like, what does that mean? Like, is Hayer coming up, and that means one of those guys is going down, or they'll just slot him in as the DH? So if Hira does come up, it's going to be at the expense of a DH bat. So Jesse Winker is probably a prime candidate oh. to lose his roster spot if Hira comes up. Um, or really, if the Brewers acquire any kind of DH power-type bat, he's probably going to be the guy who loses that spot. Hira's not really considered a realistic second-base option anymore. He was never a good defender over there. There have been problems with the throwing arm, uh, just his fundamentals at second base as well. He's okay at first base. He's done a nice job of kind of picking up the fundamentals of that position. So if you throw him out there, he can play a passable first base, so he could get some time there too. Uh, and in that scenario, maybe he takes the spot of someone like Rowdy Telez, who's currently on the injured list, uh, but he was the Brewers' starting first baseman for much of this season, but just has not produced at the level that they were hoping. He's on the injured list now, but when he comes back, if Hira comes up around a similar time, again, they could just give him his spot on that 40-man roster. So he's not going to take the spot of someone like Bryce Terang or Monasterio or any of these middle infield options. If anything, he's going to be getting at bats in that first base DH rotation if he does make it back to the team. So Winker, Telez, even someone like Tyrone Taylor maybe who plays a little outfield because Hira can play a little bit of left field as well. Those are going to be the kind of guys who would probably lose their roster spot if Keston Hira does return to the big leagues for the Brewers down the stretch. Okay. Now, Jack, we want to get a little little more positive here. Um, second half we're well underway in here a couple you know a couple weeks going from the all-star break and everything uh brewers big series against the reds which we've talked about but who in your opinion are you expecting to have like a really big second half so i think corbin burns is a good candidate to have a big second half this is a guy who former cy young winner made it to the all-star game three times in his career he's been one of the top pitchers in baseball for the better part of two to three years entering this season, uh, but just did not perform at the level that he's capable of throughout the first half. Was much closer to basically a league average starting pitcher than one of the better starting pitchers in the game. Uh, but he has shown some signs in his last few starts of making a couple of tweaks to his pitch mix, specifically how he uses some of his secondary pitches, just likely in an effort to make him a little less predictable on the mound. And we've All seen right. some pretty encouraging results from that. He had a start against the Reds last night, pitched really well uh, on Tuesday night against Cincinnati, pitched even better against them the last time he faced them. He struck out 13 Reds when he pitched against them in Cincinnati earlier this month. That was the first double-digit strikeout game that he's had this year, the first one since September of last season. So he's just looked a lot more lately like the kind of guy that he's been in the past and he very much still has that in him the stuff has not gotten noticeably worse 
even the command is not noticeably worse by a long shot from where it's been in the past. I know that in his Cy Young season, it was pretty much impeccable, uh, but he can still succeed without having pinpoint command at all times. So this is a guy who still has really good stuff. Seems like he's kind of at a point where he's starting to make a couple of tweaks to the way he uses his pitches and even the shapes of his pitches. He's kind of toying around with a new slider too that's got a little more lateral movement than the one that he's used in past seasons. So when you have a guy like that who you know the ceiling is that high, you know the stuff is that good, and he's kind of starting to think a little more about his craft and find ways that he can get hitters off balance again, and we're starting to see some results from that, I think he's someone who could definitely have a big half for this team. Okay. Well, I mean, they could definitely use it in their in their rotation. Obviously, um, you know, teams get hot at the right time is a big, big thing that everyone's looking for and kind of wanting to have happen. So, you know, definitely would be great for Burns to turn, kind of take his his craft up into another level as they wind up wind down this season. I know Jack that you're a big stats guy. We talked about this last time. We're almost. We're not you know around the halfway point a little past the halfway point of the season but do you have a crazy stat that you've seen on this season whether it's a specific player or a team stat you know or what what do you got i mean there are a couple of crazy ones none of them are all that positive depending on which angle you take if you're talking about the birds specifically you got someone like tyrone taylor who's basically got about the same slash line as a pitcher even after homering today he's got an ops of about 450 which is Pretty hard to believe at this point in the season. Uh, someone like Jesse Winker is on pace for one of the worst offensive seasons as someone who's been almost exclusively a designated hitter, which is, again, not good company to be in. Um, but really, if you look at this team as a whole, probably the most interesting or amazing uncharacteristic stat, whatever you want to call it, is that uh, by OPS+, Plus, they are the second-to-worst offense in the National League, this Brewers team and yet they're in first place in the NL Central. And I think that really just speaks to, on the one hand, a little bit of good luck and some good sequencing in there to, to be where they are. They're probably a little bit fortunate and haven't always played first-place-level baseball, so they've probably squeaked away with a couple of wins that they didn't quite earn, so to speak. Uh, but at the same time, it does kind of redirect you to what the strengths of this team are. They're a good pitching team, and they're a very, very good defensive team. Uh, by a couple of different metrics, they're one of the top defensive teams in all of baseball. They have the lowest batting average on balls in play as a pitching staff, which means they're turning batted balls into outs at a greater rate than any other team in baseball. So that's really how they've managed to stay afloat and stay on top of this division. Uh, they do not have a good lineup by any stretch of the imagination. It's, again, one of the worst in the National League. Only the Rockies are worse this year in the NL by that metric I just cited, OPS+. Plus. But because the Brewers have done such a good job on the mound and in the field, that's how they've been able to stay in first place so far. And that's really what their identity as a team is. This is a team that's built on pitching and defense. They just really need to get that offense up to a level where it's just enough to reliably support that pitching and that defense. And that's what I think they're going to try to do in the second half here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You, you talked about Jesse Winker. Uh, do you want Colton Wong back? Would that, would that be worth undoing that trade or that's no, it's, it's probably looking like a lose lose for both teams <laughs> at this point, because Winker and, yeah. and uh, Colton Wong have both been some of the worst hitters in all of baseball this season. Um, in the case of the Brewers, they might still come out ahead on this one just because they also acquired Abraham Toro in that deal, 
who's hit the ball pretty well in AAA over the last month, was called up today, actually, got the start at first base, uh, recorded a hit in today's game. So if he can end up giving them some value, the Brewers probably still come out on top of this one. But right now it's just not looking like a great deal for either side. So, Yeah, yeah. I saw somewhere on Twitter someone talking about the Winker and Wong tor- trade, and they're saying, like, I guess going into it last year, like, Wong was terrible, and yet he was, like, the worst – player he might they might have cited a specific like statistical category i forget but um basically they said they still the burr still won the trade because wong is worse than winker so even though winker's bad it was like a marginal step up just because you got rid of the worst one and got like the second worst so you know uh, i was like oh that's so disappointing but sounds right on par for the seattle mares this season for <laughs> sure um uh, all right, all right. So we're getting. We talked a lot about the division. We talked about how the Brewers are in first place. Well, competing for first place. Are they in after today's win? Are they back in first they, now? They are in first place. Okay. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Game, I thought. But by a game and a half. So. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I thought it was a little closer, but perfect. So, we're we're concerned about this NL Central. Um, obviously, this division's kind of been crazy all season long. Is there a team that scares you as we? you know, come closer to the end of this year here for, for the division title for the Brewers, or is it, you know, it's the Brewers and I'm not really worried about the rest of the division because it's been so crazy. So again, it's going to kind of come down to what happens at the trade deadline because this Reds team that the Brewers are competing with for first place, they don't really scare me a lot right now simply because they just don't have the kind of pitching you need to, I think, seriously compete for a division title and then make a deep playoff run. Um, They just have really struggled on the mound. They definitely have some legitimate young talent in that lineup. That's a deep lineup now that they've called up some of their top prospects. And the Brewers have done a very nice job of quieting that deep lineup over these last two series that they've played against Cincinnati. Uh, But at the same time, I just, I got this feeling that I can't shake that the Reds are very optimistic about this young talent they have. They feel like their window is open now. And for that reason, I just can't shake this feeling that they're going to go out and make some pretty major moves at this trade deadline and and be pretty aggressive with bringing in some top-tier talents to really bolster this pitching staff and even add a little more length to that lineup because you can never have too much depth. So if the Reds do make a couple of big splashes at the deadline, then I definitely think that they're a legitimate threat for this Brewers team. And then it's really going to be a tough race for that top spot in the division. If they don't make some of those big moves, then I'm not quite as worried, and I think it's a much easier path for the Brewers to a division title. So we'll see what happens over the next week here. That'll have a big impact on it. Okay. Now, I want to ask you about another team in the NL Central. Uh, This past weekend, a buddy of mine asked me to go up to Chicago with them. It was the Cubs-Cardinals series up there, which was great. Uh, In my opinion, it's like the best rivalry in, in all of baseball. But uh, I know the Cubs have kind of been on a little bit of a roll. Uh, I believe after they lost their Thursday, the series opener to St. Louis, they've now, I think, won four straight here. Um, there's been a lot of talk with the Cubs potentially being sellers at the deadline. But as I was talking to my friend about it, like if they continue to win more games and more series and stuff like that, maybe they end up being buyers. Is there Are they too far back in the stands that you're not worried about them? Or could they be a concern because they do have a little bit more veteran players on their roster, especially guys who've been in deep playoff runs like Cody Bellinger and one world series that could kind of help guide this team and, you know, kind of not like cohesive, but kind of like bring everybody better. Like this is how it's done. If we want to go where we want to go kind of a thing. 
Yeah, I think, again, it's a situation where if the Cubs do decide to buy, they definitely have some pieces that would make them a threat. And I think it's worth noting that they're the only team in the NL Central right now that has a positive run differential. So they're the only team in the division that has scored more runs than they have given up. So they've outperformed their opponents uh, just in a pure sense in that category, just scoring more than they've given up, which typically bodes well for long-term success, uh, unlike all these other teams in the division that have kind of snuck by with negative run differentials, which makes you wonder how sustainable some of their performance is. Um, Right now, I still feel like the Cubs are just going to end up leaning towards selling and giving away a couple pieces, which is why in that scenario, I don't really think that they're going to be a huge threat for the division. Um, But again, if they do decide to buy, that does change the outlook of this NL Central a little bit. So we'll have to see what they decide to do over these next couple weeks here. Because it is a big decision, because right now you could make a pretty even argument on both sides, whether you want to buy or want to sell. So it'll be interesting to see which route the Cubs decide to take. Because like you said, they do have some pretty good pieces on that team. Uh, You talked about Bellinger. He's probably a guy who is going to take a little bit of a step back as the year wears on, because I know it looks like he's having a huge bounce back here, but some of the metrics... Uh, underneath what he's doing don't make it look like it's all that sustainable he's just not quite making enough loud contact for me to buy into it Uh, but they do have a guy like Marcus Stroman at the top of that rotation Uh, Edbert Elzele has done a nice job since kind of moving into that closers role for Chicago stabilizing that bullpen so they definitely have some pieces you talk about Dansby Swanson Nico Horner in the middle infield uh, power bat and Patrick wisdom, even if he's not the most consistent kind of guy out there with all the strikeouts, but yeah, they have some pieces. So it'll depend on which direction they decide to go here. Okay. Uh, one more talking Cubs and Brewers here. Uh, if the Cubs decided to sell, would there be any probability that the Brewers might be interested? I know it'd be an interdivision trade, which are very hard to come by because those teams end up facing those guys. But you know, we're winding down to the end of the year here. There may not be, and I haven't looked at the schedule to see if the Brewers and Cubs play any more this year, but there may not be a whole lot left. And if the Cubs are selling, could there be an opportunity for some buying there, especially if guys are going to be end of the like at the end of the year be free agent and stuff like that, where Cubs are like, okay, we got something from them, but it helps the Brewers now. It helps us like longer term kind of thing. Or do you think it would just be a situation where? We're division rivals. You want this guy normally to cost you X amount, but because we're in the same division, it's going to cost you more? Yeah, I think it's unlikely just because you have the combination. First of all, the the interdivisional rivalry, uh, but also just the fact that there are going to be a lot of teams calling on some of these players, especially guys like Bellinger and, and Stroman, guys of that stature. So it just doesn't seem very likely that a trade would come together between these two teams. Um, so... Again, I think if you're a smart team of any caliber, you're going to be making calls on all of these guys who are available. So I'm sure the Brewers are going to be calling the Cubs just to feel out and see what the asking price is for some of these players because a good front office is going to do diligence on any available options that are out there. But I don't think it's especially realistic for any kind of deal like that to come together. Okay. All right. Well, Jack, you know, thank you again for coming on and everything. We always love having you. It's wonderful to hear the latest insights uh, on the Brewers and everything. But what are you working on? What can fans expect to see from you in the uh, upcoming days and weeks? So we're going to have a lot of trade deadline coverage over at Brew Crew Ball as we kind of get into the heat of things here. Um, whatever Brew- Whatever moves the Brewers do decide to make, I'm probably going to have 
a little bit of a longer breakdown piece, kind of breaking down all these trades uh, and then just kind of recapping all the action from this uh, coming week here, this coming trade deadline. So we do have a little bit of our prospect coverage still going on from the draft because the Brewers have wrapped up kind of, you know, all their signings from the draft and kind of reshuffling the rankings in this farm system, kind of giving guys an overview of who the top prospects are now in this Milwaukee system now that they've added a little more talent. Uh, so those are the, really the two big ones as we move forward here and uh, get into the month of August. Nice. And speaking of the draft, what are your thoughts on the Brewers draft? Is it, was it a good one, bad one, or like whatever? So I thought they did a very good job, actually. I wasn't a huge fan of their first round pick. They picked Brock Wilkin, who's a third baseman with really big power, but a lot of swing and miss in that profile. And that's the kind of player that the Brewers have not done a great job developing, but they did a really good job snagging some high upside picks, uh, snagging some high floor picks too. They were able to draft Cooper Pratt in the sixth round. He's a shortstop, and the consensus going into the draft was they were not going to be able to sign him because he had a college commitment, but they were able to sign him because they saved nice. some money on some of their other picks. So he's going to be part of the organization now. Uh, there's a lot of comps between him and Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles, just a guy who's a really, really well-rounded player, does a good job in just about every asset facet of the game uh, five to a player if you will so just adding guys like that and adding some high octane arms to this pitching development system uh, guys who have really good stuff just a really well done draft for the brewers overall in my opinion they added some really good talent and some guys who they should definitely be able to have some success in developing in the next few years excellent excellent all right one one final question here for you jack trade deadline dream scenario who are the Brewers, if you're the GM, Dream Scenario, who are the Brewers trading out and who are they bringing in to get them over the hump and make them the number one World Series contender for this season? So I think that one guy I'd actually like to see him bring in, this is not really going to fit the first base DH right field needs that I talked about before, but Ryan McMahon is a guy I've had my eye on for a right. while from Colorado, so... I actually think in a perfect scenario, you could try to throw some kind of package deal together with Colorado where you can maybe get him or and throw Crone or Gritchick or someone else in there as well. Maybe top uh, part with perhaps one of your outfield prospects um, who you have kind of in that system, not someone who's as high up as Chorio, but someone who's kind of a little more in the middle of those rankings um, or maybe even one of your infield prospects like Freddie Zamora or guys of that nature. Uh, Jay Savina is another guy who I could see the Brewers kind of trying to trade for a rental type player and maybe use him as part of a package. So ideally they can add some impact players who can help them down the stretch this year. Maybe not all-star caliber players, but guys who can just add a little more depth to this lineup without having to part with your very top talent who's supposed to kind of form this core for the Brewers long-term. And I think that's going to be the kind of approach that they're trying to take into this deadline. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, that'd be great to see him get out of Colorado, actually get to play some winning baseball for <laughs> Mr. Ryan McMahon. Um, but again, Jack, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you. Um, you know, we definitely want to have you back on in the future, everything, because it's always fun to chat Milwaukee Brewers baseball with you here but for all fans out there check us out check out jack's work you can find him on twitter uh, i believe it jack stern is that right uh, at, by, at by jack stern at, so by at, jack stern. at by jack stern yep that's right oh and it's not twitter anymore it's it's x i i don't know if you are that, yeah big big rebrand i saw that yeah. so yeah i i'm still getting used to it being x and not not <laughs> twitter but 
Um, follow him at, at by Jack Stern on, on X. Uh, you can follow us at the Replacement Level 1 podcast. And then also check us out on Spotify, Apple, um, Applecast, and YouTube. But again, thank you, Jack, so much for being on the show today. And guys, we will see you all next, t- next week.